seconds, I have a nice big bald spot on the back because the stress I was under uh-huh. for a number of years. And I mean that seriously. I, I think I lost hair because of, the, because of broadcasting. And, and if you didn't hit the sound on the hosts, on the certain hosts' last syllable, it'd be like, can we do better or do we need someone else back there? Do you, are you distracted? Are, were you drinking coffee? Anything, anything. And then, you know, it was, oh, I could have drove a truck through that uh, dead air. And you're like, uh-huh, okay. Oh, you kind of did that tomorrow, yesterday. Well, yesterday, yes. I had what I thought a really good ranked. It, it might might not have been as good on Monday, but it was rolling. We had a ranked yesterday that uh-huh. I just felt, you know, I'm in charge now, and we're going. And Maura didn't hit the sound when I wanted to. And I said, and it wasn't passive-aggressive. It was stupid-aggressive. I said, how about now? So and, and, my and, problem was maybe... You told me which ones you wanted. Maybe I missed this part, but I didn't know your order, and you got a little more mysterious towards the top two where you were just kind of being like, oh, and then Mm -hmm. this happened. And I'm like, which one is it? So I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. Maura, I'm an artist. (laughs) And what you have to do is you have to come with me. You have to read me. You have to know where I'm headed. Yes, and I know it's only been a couple days, but let me finish. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, and I said... How about now? Just a jerk thing to say. Just an ass thing to say. And you looked up. You looked up with that left eye. That left eye looked at me, and I went, oh, that was my mother. That was my mother that said, Matthew, that was so unnecessary. You you did not have to do that. And I felt genuinely, I felt bad because Mm. who am I? I am just grabbing onto, hey, Kyle says you want to feel, yeah, I'll do it. I'm in. I'll do it. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. You know, and I'm having a blast, but I didn't need to do that. Do you want to apologize? And I apologize, Maura. That was a jerk thing to say, and you you did screw up the segment, but it was a total (laughs) jerk thing to say. It was unnecessary, and I look at me. I apologize. Oh, my goodness. I apologize because you, you don't even remember the look you gave me. No. That's almost scary because you you looked up like, hey, settle no, down, you know big nose. Was? I think it was actually more panic of like, which one does he yeah. want me to play? Yeah. Yeah. Weren't we going five, four, three, two, one, or was that at the beginning? You when you told me which, I yeah. you told hey, me which tr- place you wanted. I know I what you're doing order. now, and now you're trying to delay Unique and yeah. Gakway. Okay, come on, stretch. Here we go. Love them or leave them. <laughs> All right. Next. Well, and then Brock. I don't know what's going on with you between what? saying that you wanted to say something sexy about Ryan Roland Smith's voice and then yes. changing love it or leave it to love him or leave him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I thought you were going to defend me there. <laughs> Sexy voice to, is this why you're, is this really why you're single? No, That's how no you de- turn it around, Brock. I'm not Brock. defending you. You <laughs> took more shots in that segment. Yes. I'm not defending you. I'm uncomfortable. Let's move on. All right, these yeah. are NFL free agents that the Seahawks could possibly look at. Does this, Maura, you're, you're a fantasy football star. You've taken John Clayton's wheel and run with it. Do you do you feel like there's a lot of talent still on the street? Um, It does feel, especially the running back market is crazy right now. It does yes. still feel like there's a lot of guys that can help there. There's a lot of edge rushers. Yep. So, yeah, I definitely think that, um, but unfortunately not a lot of guys that where I think we would like to see the Seahawks add. Correct. Defensive tackle, nose Correct. tackle. <laughs> they went quick. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we'll take a look at some of these free agents that are still out there, and you guys uh, either love them or leave them for the Seahawks. Okay. First up. Uh, Unique Ngakwe, someone that was kind of floated for the Seahawks uh, a few years back. Say love him. Oh, Say love him. Love him. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm 50. I can stretch. Yep, love him. 
Not as a Seahawk, though. You already got enough guys, don't you? Yeah, we do. You got to see what Alton can do, what Tyreek can do. You took Derek Hall. You took Boye Mafe. Both those guys in the second round the last two years. How much are you paying? You're not bringing in Yannick Ngakwe. He he wants some dough. And he didn't want to come here. You're going to leave him. He didn't want to come here either. Maybe a couple years ago when Daryl Taylor was injured and you, you you didn't have Boye, you didn't have Derek Hall. Yeah, you're leaving. You're well, leaving. that's your opinion. I'm loving him. I'm bringing him. That's okay, your opinion. You have different opinions. In this yeah, thank you, Maura. Uh, God, I love what you do back there. <laughs> Next up, former Vikings running back Ooh. Dalvin Cook. No, I'm leave him. Leave it on that doorstep and get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's right. Leave him. <laughs> Older. We're fine there. Injury. Older. A little bit. This is uh, running backs, 23 to 26. It is so sad for running backs. He is 27. Yep, he's outside my window. He's outside my window. You can check it out on my website. He's a year older than Logan Gilbert, and he's old. (laughs) Coming off of a 1,000-yard season still, even though he does get hurt. I mean, seriously, I don't know how this running back, a few years ago, Bishop Sankey was the only running back, like, drafted. He was drafted in the second round. And then all of a sudden, like, hold on. We can have difference makers, and Jonathan Taylor and others start to get drafted and make an impact, and and you can take guys. and, and This year, kid out of Bijan Robinson, right, goes in the top ten to to Atlanta. But you better get your money, and you better get it early because once you hit twenty seven for Dalvin Cook with an injury history, there's no market, or not the market he wants. So uh, in Seattle, uh, same thing with unique. Too many people in front of you in Seattle. You've got two second round running backs. Nope, not going to happen. Leave it. All right. Next up, we have uh, a guy that kind of seemed to become besties with Russell Wilson in Denver last year, um, an offensive guard, Dalton Reiser. Yeah, I love this. I'm going to love this guy. Love him. Mm -hmm. Met him. Met him and his wife uh, by week for the Broncos, and uh, he's a K-State guy. And if you know me, I love Kansas State. You don't know me in this way, Stretch, because you don't listen to my draft previews, but I love Kansas State guys. He was an All-American at Kansas State. He was a good player, durable player, good run blocker. Do you know where the Seahawks are super, super thin? Offensive guard. Dalton Reisner, give me, give me. I, I know it's not been in this system per se, but Dalton Reisner is the guy that I've got on my significant watch list here in training camp. Oh, my goodness. That's... <laughs> I've got so many things to say. We don't have we don't have enough time. But, but yeah, I love him. I, I love him too. I love K State guys. Bring him on. No, what is more, your favorite more, college? No, more, favorite more. college to draft from. <laughs> Come on, give me your favorite college to draft from. Boy, Nebraska has always been way up there for me. <laughs> Nebraska, Michigan State. You always get a little sneaker out of Michigan State, uh-huh. and then Rutgers. Rutgers, you can find some gems in the fifth and sixth round. Mike Teal, Mike Teal from uh, Rutgers. But why not bring in some more offensive linemen in all seriousness to compete there? I listen to the show on Monday. I, I did you, listen to the show. You've on been Monday. to Piscataway, New Jersey? No, not recently. No. No. I've been don't to Hoboken. Don't, but no. don't ever go to Piscataway. Yeah, there's no reason. All right, a couple more. Here we go. All right, next up, a uh, 34-year-old edge rusher, Melvin Ingram. Mm. I'm going to leave him. I'm going to leave him. Leave it. Mm-hmm. That's all what that was asked of me here. Eloquent in its brevity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. 
I'm going to leave him. You're kind of pulling a cross right now, aren't you? Well, if you say it with authority, right? You say it with authority. I'm just going to leave him. I, I'm, his age concerns you know, me. His I, durability concerns me. I know you're ranking something else today, but gosh, how about your top five cross moments? Oh, I could go. Oh. <laughs> I could go 12 to 15 deep, and all of them would be good, and not because I'm entertaining. Oh, man. And it all starts with a rally in the alley, probably. Uh-huh. Um, Melvin, 34, not right now. Not right now. Going to leave Melvin. He's been out there. He's been one of those guys the last few years. And you've seen this with the old Seahawks. They try to get another year. Give me another year. Right When they get done in Seattle, try to just hang on and play another year. Not right now. Not not in the hang-on market for your Seattle Seahawks at defensive end. All right, one last one, Stretchy. Well, either one, e- either of these are, are leave them, in all seriousness. Uh, either of them. DeAndre well, Hopkins? Yeah, no, leave them. I mean, yeah, let's be serious Teddy for a second. Let's, uh, I thought Marcus Peters is on mine. Marcus Ooh, Peters. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, no, leave them both. I mean, if Andy <laughs> Reid doesn't want Marcus Peters, I don't want Marcus Peters. This is one of those drop it and leave it alone things. That's exactly right. And DeAndre Hopkins, let's develop these young guys, and, and not that he would be a distraction, but for the cash, mm-hmm. I think we're set at that department, and you're going to have a guy, I think you're going to have a guy that in that uh in that receiver group that might jump up and surprise us. You'll hear veteran players that are on the radio, and, I, and rightfully so. And uh, I've listened to Brandon Stokely say this a lot. Brandon played 15 years in the league. In his last few years, he was a lot like these guys. He just was, hey, uh, call me in training camp. You know, I'm not going to do OTAs. I'm not going to do mini camps. Take a look at your young guys and tell me, you know, and if you, you like your young guys, he told a story about Ozzie Newsom calling him in June and saying, hey, you know, just be in shape. Just just run a little bit. Just get yourself in shape because we're going to give our young guys a look through August. But if we don't like them, we're calling you in mid to late August. And to me, that's a lot of what this list feels like. And really for the Seahawks, uh, no joking aside, Dalton Reisner's a good player. He's been a good player in this league. He's a tough sucker and a durable dude. And you're going to take a look at your draft, guys. You're going to take a look at... You know, Phil Haynes and Damian Lewis, and, and hopefully those guys take another step in their careers. But he'd be the one to keep a little a little eye on. A little love him, a little leave him, a little need to know. Next, Stretchy is in for Salk today and tomorrow as we ready ourselves for what's going to be an unbelievable weekend ahead. This is the Brock and Salk Show on your only home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Baseball's brightest stars are taking over Soto for the biggest event of the summer, and so are we. Seattle Sports is broadcasting live from Hatback Bar and Grill tomorrow from 10 to 4, and Monday from 10 to 5, leading up to the live broadcast of the Home Run Derby. And catch Seattle Sports live from inside T-Mobile Park all day Tuesday before the 93rd MLB All-Star Game. We are Seattle Sports, your home for the Mariners, and your only home for All-Star Week. Hey, Brock Heward here. And look, if you are living in chronic pain, kind of like a lot of those free agents that we just talked about uh, trying to keep their football careers alive, then you got to consider Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine over there in Kirkland. Dr. Nelson is Washington's leading specialist in interventional pain medicine. I'm confident saying that because he's not new to this business for over 30 years. He has helped thousands dramatically reduce or eliminate chronic pain using interventional pain and regenerative medicine techniques. He's one of the very few 
few physicians in Washington with the experience, the training to diagnose and treat all different types of pain using a wide range of minimally invasive therapies with leading edge technologies, including, yes, stem cell therapy, an outpatient procedure using your body's natural healing process to rebuild damaged tissue, heal injuries, and eliminate that pain. Don't let pain stop you from doing what you love. Call Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, at 425-823-4000. 425-823-4000 or online at danielnelsonmd.com. That's danielnelsonmd.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, after a really fun four-game stretch, scoring six-plus runs a game, pressurizing your opponents, Last night felt, unfortunately, a little bit eerily familiar. And you do give some credit to Alex Cobb. He was terrific for San Francisco on a cold, windy, marine layer kind of night down in the bay. He spun six innings, seven strikeouts, no walks. A couple times you did get people on base like with two leadoff doubles. You just couldn't even get him to third. He was that dominant. The skipper last night after the Mariners fall 2-0 to zero says, yep, every once in a while, tip your cap to your opponent. There are nights you have to tip your cap to the opposition. Uh, I thought Cobb did a nice job tonight. We had a few chances, and you really need to catch, cash in on those and weren't able to do it. So uh, we won the series. Uh, it was a goal coming over here. I certainly like to get a sweep. But I understand they got a good club, and you know, we'll regroup and get to Houston. It was a little doubly tough because Tommy Malone in a spot start filling in for the injured Bryce Miller did his job. Right, and you do see the difference. Ryan Roland Smith last hour talking about these young All-American phenoms that he's going to be calling in the All-American game on MLB Network. Uh, All-Star Weekend, throwing 97, 100. That's not Tommy Malone, man. <laughs> he is Jamie Moyer-esque. But he did his part. The bullpen was terrific. They gave you opportunities. But stretchy, that offense just could not find any traction. Oh, for 9, runners in scoring position. That's a killer you only have a couple opportunities. Couldn't get a guy to third with less than two outs. Uh, you know, get him on third with one out for a hope yep. sack fly. A couple big miscues you don't see. Little sloppy. You do have to, you know, hang your hat on two or three. You're just looking for the sweep. And you're going to need some sweeps to to hit that mark that you're talking about and get into that third spot. So it's going to be tough. You needed that win. They moved to Houston. They landed early this morning. Let's Let's see what happens today. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, the pairings came out yesterday, a little July Madness style, one through eight seeds. Robert Jr. from the White Sox was the number one seed in the Home Run Derby come Monday night. Uh, The number eight seed, Hadley Rutschman, the stud uh, beaver there from Oregon State in Baltimore, the catcher. So that's one versus eight. Mookie Betts uh, is going to take on Vlad Jr., 3-6. Garcia, Rosarena, 4-5. And then there is your Seattle Mariner. There is Julio Rodriguez, who cashed in a cool half million last year as a runner-up. And he's going to take on the guy he defeated last year in that run to the uh, to the championship runner up. That would be Pete Alonso, the polar bear out of the out of uh, New York with the Mets. So two versus seven matchup. The winner <laughs> takes home a cool seven figures, a million bucks. Runner up takes home five hundred. The rest take home one fifty, and then the home run derby. The guy who hits the longest ball, well, we'll throw in another hundred k. There is some serious cash thrown around Monday night in that derby, man. Things have changed. Jeez. Things have changed. I mean, since Harmon Killebrew. Yeah, yeah. The Mickey Mantle, Willie Mays things. You see the old black and white, and yeah, yeah. This is college education. I just won college education for my kids to win the win the derby. I got Alonzo winning it all. Yeah. 
Alonzo winning it all, jacked up. Boom. Yeah, no, except for Julio is, yeah, that's bad. That's a bad prediction. Does a right-hander or a left-hander have an advantage in this park? Justin? That's a really good question. I'm going to say righty. I feel like the left Edgars is a little... Robert Jr. is a righty. Garcia is a righty. Rosarena is a righty. There's only one lefty. There's only one lefty. Yeah. Yeah, Mookie's a righty. Vlad's a righty. Yeah. Wowzers. Only Richmond, the only lefty in it. Yeah, good luck, kid. Next. (laughs) Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, is uh, the NFL goes a little dormant during this time. The only break these guys get for a few weeks to truly get away. I mean, truly, the, the office there is, is closed other than security until they get it going here in a couple weeks. Probably a week before the players come in. I'm going to guess the rest of the staff and folks come in and get it going. The college football world, it's going to kick into some high gear here. Uh, you're going to hear media days next week. In fact, I'll be down in Dallas for Big 12 media days. SEC media days get going. Pac-12 media days, oh, by the way, just two weeks away. Paul Feinbaum yesterday on the Marshand and Oran show said this about my beloved Pac-12. I was with the president of the University of Arizona a couple weeks ago in D.C. at a, at a summit about NIL. And I asked him because he was he was my he was the host. And he said, I think we're really close to a deal. <laughs> now, John, how many times have you reported that? Uh, all that tells me is that they're going nowhere. And that doesn't mean by the time we get we get off uh, the air here today uh, and, this is, and this is published that they may have one, but the, the fact that it, if they get one, it won't be a good one. And, and I think that league is very diminished. Is that concern you, Brock? It's sad. Yeah. Yeah, I heard your voice inflection. You were talking about Pac-12 on Monday, and your voice was, yeah. I'd say, downtrodden. I, it, it's like Big Game Boomer Sooner. Somebody on, on Twitter put out a really good, that's everything you need to know put out a pretty cool tweet earlier this week and said, let's just go back to this. And it was actually eight different conferences geographically. It was eight. It was the pack eight. It was like in the way back machine. Mm-hmm. I think even <laughs> Idaho was thrown in there with them, but it was the pack eight. It was the uh, big 12. It was the Southwest conference. It was the big 10. It was the big East. It was the sec. It was the ACC. Was, and I'm like, man, can you imagine if you actually had eight different conferences, how cool that would be <laughs> if you actually had so many of those historical rivalries, if you actually had that geography that makes sense, if you actually, you know, were able to do that and had a commissioner stretchy overseeing the entirety of college football that would look out for the betterment of the landscape rather than these commissioners that look out for the betterment of their fiefdoms. And that's where we're at. And, and where it is going is, is troubling. It is July. It is July 6th. So, yes, in two weeks, they will have media days in Vegas. Two weeks. Pac-12 will have their media days in a year where they have the best quarterbacks on the planet. There is not – the SEC has better teams, top to bottom, yada, yada, yada. The Pac-12 this year, loaded. Caleb Williams and Michael Penix and Bo Nix and Cam Ward loaded. DJ Uyunglele transfers to Oregon State. Cam Rising loaded, loaded. Delora even down at Arizona loaded. And unfortunately, this is it. USC UCLA's final year in it before they jump ship to the Big Ten. And yeah, man, it makes me and I think many that that grew up watching so many of those games, the Keith Jackson over the years, makes me sad, man. Makes me sad. And does it go right to the top? 
I mean, is it is that is it go right to the top? Be, be, when UCLA and UF, USC decided to leave, I I was just I almost I don't want to say I was done, yeah. but that is tradition. That is again a little different age group. That that was yeah. That's you know not <sighs> not only Rose Bowls and old school and. And the USC tradition and and the whole deal that was just flat out depressing. That yep. that was flat out depressing. And we're yep. not going back. You can't go back. Nope. Uh, but the changes are just so, just massive. 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 This, is, this isn't just the Southwest Conference kind of folding and they're gonna these teams are gonna find different spots to land. This is speaking of Piscataway, New Jersey. This is USC's lacrosse team going to play Rutgers in New Jersey. Right, this is the the diving team that's going to go play and and travel to Happy Valley and Pens. I mean, it's it just doesn't make any sense other than it did for them dollars and cents, and that's why all of this has gone down the way it has. And hopefully, this Pac-12 media deal and Fine Bomb is wrong is actually better than anticipated. But uh, only those numbers will tell, and those should come out in the next couple weeks. Jerry Depoto, every Thursday with us, should be in a much better mood. The last couple Thursdays have come off some some tough stretches, some tough series. Mariners have won two series against winning teams, set themselves up for an awfully big four-game stretch in Houston. What does the president of operations see? And, oh, by the way, the biggest and deepest draft on Sunday, too. Lots to get to with Jerry Depoto. Stretches in for Salk. We'll do it next right here on the Brock and Salk Show. This, this is Brock and Saul. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in points from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You know, there's a saying in football, Stretchy. Matt Stretch Johnson. <laughs> there's a football in saying that the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Never. The film doesn't lie. Never. And the nice thing about the text toy that's sitting there right in front of you, that's kind of like the eye in the sky. It gives you some pretty instant feedback. You got to be careful, right? It just because, yeah. and, and for the same reason. And by the way, do we have Jerry Depoto, uh, Maura, and Justin? Let me let me know when we have them. Not just yet. Okay, so um, Sulk's not here. He's like, no, nah, I want to do it with Sulk. <laughs> I miss Michael. Yes. yes. Yeah. And the other adage in film is, it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad. I remember playing a preseason game, actually the opening of then Century Link Stadium, and I was with the Colts, Matt, and I came back. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. And I don't even know what I'm calling. I don't know the plays. I know the Seahawks system so much better. And it was like the game of my life. Like everything that went right, guys were open. Guys were making plays. I get to run in a touchdown. Like it was just awesome. And I'm sitting on the plane and the bus. I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait to get back and watch that tape. And I watch I'm like, oh, that really wasn't that good. Like that was, yeah, that was a great catch by Troy. And I, I kind of missed that throw. And well, what about it? It's never as good as you think it is, never as bad. And that's kind of the text toy too. But someone did nail it, Mora. That text that's from someone about me running the show because – I've said before that Salk runs the show, and then I just get to run around in it, and I really don't love running the show. What, what, did, the, what did the text say about me trying to run the show right now? It's like I'm on the rumble road. Uh, Brock has been driving the show with the tires on the rumble strips. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Very, uh, uh, very uncomfortable. Well, no, I, I would go with it's not as bad as you think it is. It's bad, but it's not as bad as you think it is. <laughs> yes, I appreciate Th- that. That is an old radio adage also. You're just like, oh, my God, that's the worst game I've ever called, and it's yep. never as bad as you think it is. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool for Jerry Depoto. We've got uh, some great baseball coming up, a four-game set in Houston that I honestly would think is one of those that's clarifying. 
you know, it is challenging, but it does show you when you face a really good team, especially in their building, exactly what you are as these last two series have. And here, in fact, is Jerry DePoto joining us. The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Well, Jerry, it's been a little better week than the last couple weeks jumping aboard. I know these doggone Wednesdays, these these Wednesdays, every Wednesday, I'm like, come on, come on, just find a way to win on Wednesday because Jerry's joining us on Thursday. But it's been a great week, a couple series wins against some very, very good baseball team. From your perspective, take me into the last six, seven days of baseball that you've watched your team play. I, I think we've played great, honestly. It's uh, both the Rays series and, and here coming out of the, the Slash Giants series. It's, we've done the things that we needed to do to, to get back on track. We're playing better offense. We're, we're finding ways to, to score runs, and, and it's, it's a positive step. Jerry, take us through the Chris Flexen trade, and, and what was not only your goal, but talk us, you know, how it how, – uh, how it kind of came about and, and your goal and what kind of flexibility it might've given you in the end run. Yeah. I mean, you make trades for a lot of different reasons. In, in this case, uh, some combination of there's Chris was, he, it was an opportunity to find him an opportunity and whatever that meant. And we've, we discussed with 29 other teams, the potential for, for finding that, you know, uh, ultimately, what we did with the with the Mets is we we attached Trevor Gott. This is sometimes you make trades for you know the the benefit of what's happening on the field. Sometimes you make trades for the benefit of what's happening on the business. And it was more of a business decision than a than a talent decision. And we made that. It's a it's 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 a trade that we would make over and over. And you know, Trevor did a good job for us. You know, Chris for two years was one of the most productive pitchers we had. This was not one of those years. And, and we made a decision that we thought was smart for the future of the organization. If the uh, trade lines been warming up a little bit, the phone conversations getting a little busier or is it just all draft and draft talk right now? You know, we're not really there yet. It's mostly draft talk. And you know, I, we talked about this last week. We are dead in draft talk. It's it's ten hours a day talking through how these players line up for us, and it's twenty nine other teams doing the right thing. And the closer we get to the, the start of the draft, which is this coming Sunday, the the more prominent that becomes. So, you know, not uh, not shockingly, we are with three first round picks. We're we're dialed in. This is what we're doing right now, and and the other teams are in the same boat. And about next. Thursday, we'll we'll start really humming on what's happening as far as the trade deadline. When it comes to this draft, Jerry, a couple questions. You know, the NFL draft seems to be about a three month process that they through the combine and pre draft workouts and everything have just kind of dominated so much of the marketing leading up to that draft. And we have a whole month that's called lying season, right? All they do is you know lie and and try to manipulate that thing. It doesn't feel like the MLB draft works in that same kind of manner. And I don't know if it's more oh, I don't know, collegial between the general managers? Is, is he working to that draft? Can you kind of take me behind the scenes of, of how well you feel like this first round is going to go come Sunday? You know, it's, it's funny. We had an opportunity when, when we were in New York. Uh, so this is now about 10 days ago. When, when we were in New York, we had an opportunity to go visit with the Brooklyn Nets and, and get a feel for 
how they executed the draft. Much different style of draft. It's a couple of rounds, two rounds. You know, it's not but what we do in 20, which is a very shortened version of what we historically have done. Uh, you know, the major league draft, the major league baseball draft is very different. Uh, you know, it's the only draft that happens while a live season is going on among the major sports. You know, we are, we are watching, you know, both college high school players and we're kind of coupling that with what we do internationally. And it's, we're not allowed to trade draft picks outside of a very, small number of of compensatory picks that are able to be traded but it's a it's it's unique in the draft space and you know i i wish i knew <laughs> why the other leagues were able to simplify the, the the thing that we are not able to simplify but it's a very complicated process and and we we don't communicate with other teams very uh, openly on what we're doing in the draft. There, there are no trades. It's not moving up and down in the draft. Right. And it's a, it's a very secretive process. And I, and I think that's, you know, it's something we enjoy. It's, it's, I've said it before. It's the most enjoyable thing that we do uh, every year uh, from, and, and this is, you know, through the course of the, the, the major league calendar, I love the draft. It, it's an opportunity to add talent. It's it's our scouts do a phenomenal job of of churning up interesting names to talk about, not just for our first picks, but for the picks that come after. And I'm really looking I'm looking forward to this year's. Hey, speaking of baseball in the process, help me understand why you guys had to play a night game last night. Is is there some rhyme or reason to why the guys had to get in at four in the morning in Houston today? Uh, because that's what the schedule makers and the Giants said we had to do, and you know it's it's as simple as that. It, it, we're I think our guys landed in Houston about two hours ago, and yeah. this is you know and it it is it, it's something that we have to be aware of, not just for you know how we will will handle today's game, but from a high performance standpoint, how the guys are going to show up for the next couple of days. You know, I mean they're it's. They they just got off a plane. They flew through the night. We're going to check into a hotel when the sun is coming up, and then and then go over to the ballpark and play a game. And you know, not the the most ideal of of you know scenarios, but they'll do it. They they've done it yeah. before. And you know, in this one, it's it's one of the 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 I guess penalties for playing in the West with a team. And and this is with the Giants. You know, with a team that that does very well at the gates and. Uh, it's a, when you play night games, you are more likely to put people in the seats than you are with a with a day game. And, and the Giants did; they put people in the seats last night. Jerry Depoto here with us, Matt Stretch Johnson filling in for Salk today. Um, talk to me about this upcoming series. You get ten more cracks at the Astros, four of them here, an awfully big four before heading into the draft and the All Star game, which we'll get to. Preview this series for me from your perspective, Jerry. You know, and it's the the Astros have been incredibly difficult for us, especially in Houston over the course of you know, my time here with the Mariners, and and I think the, the this is this dates back to you know it's as closely as as the postseason last year. We we have we have not had an easy time in Minute Maid Park, and you know we'll go in there this series. We are. We're playing well, and you know, regardless of what our overall record is and, and theirs, we're playing well. They are also playing well. They've been on a bit of a heater. They, they've they've been winning a lot, and this is a little bit 
of a different Astros team than, than maybe what we faced over the course of the last half dozen years. And you now we've this is it's an opportunity for us to to make up some ground. We've I think we've done. Uh, what we needed to do to put ourselves in position to go into the break feeling good. And you know, now we've got four games with one of the best teams in the league, the, the defending world champs. They, they do the things that, that they always do. They put themselves in a good spot to win. And, and for us, it's about coming out and having a good start. And, and this is, we are in uh, a position to, to make a difference and hopefully we, we make it worthwhile. Jerry switching to a little bit of the fun part of this game. I know you're packed with, the draft preparation, but you get to show off your ballpark. I think it's top three ballpark in, in, in the league. I mean, it's just beautiful. The city, the timing of this, one of the best cities in, in July. Talk about the excitement and all the work, obviously, behind the scenes that your group is doing, your organizations working with MLB to pull this off. But how excited are you to show off your organization, ballpark, and city here this next week? Yeah, you know, I agree with you on our ballpark, this city. Uh, we've been, right now for the last week, we've been stationed over at Lemon Field, which is where we're conducting our draft meetings as as Major League Baseball effectively just takes over T-Mobile Park and and starts creating the, the All-Star festivities, the, the All-Star week in combination with our front office staff. And, you know, we're watching out the window as Play Ball Park goes up and it is phenomenal what is what happens in such a short amount of time they've, they've roughly they built a city inside of lumen field in about 48 hours but you know the 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 mlb all-star game the associated festivities the you know it's now turned into a week-long event and it's awesome to, to to be able to to see this pop up around us to show off our park you know, I, I think there's never we had last night we had our our scouts and and the the, the scouting group over to to the house here to go through uh yeah just to have a little fun deep disconnect from the, the the draft meetings and just enjoy a night and we we did that and it's, one of our scouts looked up and said my god the weather here is always so beautiful and I said yeah <laughs> this is. You know, it's that time of year, and and this is the time to show off Seattle. And you know, if if you are going to to ever you know put together a pamphlet for visiting Seattle, this is that time. It's it's July in Seattle, gorgeous weather, beautiful ballpark. You know, I and and I hope over the course of the next you know four days in in Houston, we do put together a nice little run to to help everybody feel great about where our baseball team's at and and what our baseball season looks like. How about the importance of having three Mariners represented and not just Luis? Uh, you know, I think it was really cool. I, I got a phone call from from people at the league not too long ago, and you know, talking about the the additions, we had a feeling, and I, and I think you probably heard it my voice over the last couple of weeks that that one of the new developments in in the Major League Baseball All Star experience is that occasionally, you know, there are going to be players that either. You know, can't play due to injury, or they've been you know, they've been knocked out of the game because a starting pitcher isn't timed up and can't pitch. And and we were fortunate enough to receive a call from the league and, and ask about Julio and about George. And and I thought we had a chance to to add a couple extra guys. And and in this particular case, not just the not just simply 
the players and what they've accomplished in the first half of the season, but what they mean to our organization, you know, from a scouting and development standpoint, these are, they're Mariners. They're, they're young players who were identified by our scouting group, who came through our player development system, who elevated to the big leagues. And, you know, now in Julio's case, a two-time all-star, George's first opportunity, George is the first player that, that we, and I say we, you know, the scouting group that, that, that we are operating with right now uh, over these course of the last, you know, seven years with Scott Hunter and our group, the first player that we have identified, developed, and, and put in the big leagues who's made it to an all-star game. That's meaningful. You know, it's, it's an organizational moment, and I'm, I'm thrilled for it. Just And, and I'm thrilled for, for the world to get to cheer when they get up on the line with their, you know, with, as representatives of the Mariners in the gorgeous weather at that beautiful ballpark, et cetera, and so on. It's, it's, it's a great organizational moment, in my opinion. Can you clarify that for me, Jerry, the difference between George making it and Julio? Because you identified, didn't you, your crew identify Julio as well? They did. It's two different departments, you know, and right now we are with our amateur scouting department, which is, you know, it is roughly, I'm going to call it about 60 people uh, that, that across the, the calendar year put together our amateur draft, which will, again, gotcha. it starts on Sunday, you know, 20 rounds, you're going to draft players. On the international side, these are players that you identify, and we've talked about this before, when they're very, very young. And, and we've known Julio since he was 15, and 15 going on 16 years old. And you know, the, our scouting people track these players. They scout them. They evaluate them. They get to know them. You know, we meet them. We, we do meetings to find out what their, what their makeup character is like. But they fall in two different buckets. One is our international group. Who, who operate globally. One is our domestic group who operate just over the, you know, the 50 states in Canada. Yeah, and each of, of the players came from, from one of those two different centers. But gotcha. both have come through our system, and we're thrilled for it. If I would have told you, I don't know, some 10 years ago, Jerry, if you jumped on this show and, and we had a conversation, I said to you, Jerry, in 2023, you were going to see four, 80% of your big league rotation, 80% is going to be 26 and under and put together some of the sickest stuff in the league. Would you have believed that in this day and age or this time you could have this young staff doing what your crew is doing? It was always the dream, you know, and it's right now it's happening. Uh, I, I would tell you that that probably results in us winning for a long time it is the, the easy part. And you know, we're thrilled with the, the group that we have. We've, you know, what we do as a team is largely linked to the, the quality of our starting rotation and, and even our overall pitching staff, you know, up and down our, our pitching staff. But uh, the the rotation has always been an area of focus. We've we we build around it, and and I think we will continue to build around it. And it's for us to be a, a playoff, a World Series, a contending type of team. I, I think it always comes back to how good you're starting pitching, because our ballpark is conducive to to pitching. Honestly, it's it's conducive over the course of an 81 game home schedule the better your pitching is the better you're going to be and and we tend to behave that way uh, i would i i hope there are more that are coming down the road we've had a very fortunate run in terms of the the pipeline delivering us pitchers who are who are not just good but really good and and in some cases like george now all-star quality so uh you know it's 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 how we build ourselves it's how we will continue to be built and, and it's something we take a great 
that I, we focus greatly on. Well, you are uh, great in giving us a bunch of time. I, I do want to give you a, a little bit of a break and let you get back to all the work that's ahead of you. Just two quick injury questions for you. Any update on Marco at all? Nothing. Yeah, I wish I could provide anything. You know, it's, we're still in the same mode, which is, you know, wait until we get to the end of this this rehab process. He's not yet progressed to a mound, uh, which doesn't really give us much in the way of a timeline as to when he'll return. So uh, it's, uh, it's wait and see on Marco. And then Bryce, and we saw the bleeding blister, and he goes on the IL, and a nice uh, spot start from Tommy last night. Any update on Bryce and what that's going to look timing-wise coming out of the break? Yeah, you know, Bryce, is that we don't think that's a big issue to deal with. We had the, I, I want to call it an opportunity. The, the all-star break was buffered against this series you know, coming up in Houston. Um, it, essentially, skipping this last start with Bryce, which was last night, would be the last start that he would make in the first half. And, and you know, it is a bad blister. It's puffy. It's painful. You know, he was not able to, to play catch for the first couple of days after his last start. And we thought it best just to skip this start and the combination of being wise with a young pitcher who needs to be at full tilt before he gets back there on the mound, you know, and then coupling that with the all-star break, which allowed us by skipping one start to take two weeks off for Bryce Miller and really only miss one start. Yeah, the, the goal is that unless something goes wrong with the, the rehab process on what we think is a very mild concern, that we will see him on the other side in a start versus Detroit when we get past the all-star break. I appreciate it, Jerry. Always generous with your time, and especially now it's such a busy time with the with the world of baseball coming to our beautiful city. So uh, thank you, as always. We appreciate it. Hopefully a great series in Houston, as you said, can end this first half on a positive note as well and build the momentum. And we'll look forward to chatting next Thursday, man. Thank you. You got it, guys. There he goes. Jerry DePoto, your president of operations for your Mariners. Man, it never ends. You know this from working in a professional facility, Matt, as you did for those Seahawks for almost a dozen years. <laughs> the viewers on a Sunday get to see the tip of the iceberg, right? Get to watch their team either in the building as a ticket holder watching it or on television. But the amount of work, resources, people, manpower that goes into putting these organizations together is at times overwhelming. Not only it just never stops. I, I'm glad he, I mean, it just piqued my interest when he said 60 people and you know, you've got baseball is just a different animal. You've got scouts all over America finding these high school kids. I joked the other day, you know, a small town in Arkansas that's got a shortstop that nobody wants to know that, you know, he said it's secretive. That's yeah. the other thing you get. You find these opportunities and your network of people and your cell phone says you just, just come see this kid, just one game. And you're driving, these scouts are driving all over everywhere yes. and that's where the pride comes from is not only you know the George Kirby's fight you, you know you get those guys but you you dig up these gems and they did the work and then you develop them and the, and the kid wants to be developed and that's where the pride comes in but it never stops I mean Schneider right now and I think he just he you gotta you gotta put your pat iPad away you're you can't you have to just disconnect and yeah. hang out with the family for a couple of weeks. But in baseball, again, oh, baseball, baseball is so different. Yes. It yes. is so different. The NHL, we just watched this draft and the majority of them play on these elite clubs, right? They play in the WHL. They play, there's like an immense amount of structure and those are the filters and it's not that many draft picks, right? It's pretty clear who of the 17, the 18, the 19 year olds have the body, have the skill set. The NBA is the same way. I mean, it, it's a projection game. I mean, the fact that Drew Timmy doesn't even get drafted, 
is the greatest scorer in Gonzaga history. Well, it's, it's still a projection game, but bottom line, two rounds, you know the players. The NFL, we spend so many months, years, right, putting together these draft boards for these prospects. You know them. Baseball, you have no clue. What did Justin and Morris say about Brian Wu? He didn't even start pitching until his junior year of high school, of high school down in California. You know, he, he didn't play on a shoe contract, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in these in these AAU leagues. He didn't do perfect game. George Kirby was at Elon University throwing 90 miles an hour. But they're like, oh, no, he's got great command. We can kind of see this. It is so nonlinear and, as you said, so secretive and so vast that, uh, yeah, man, just talking about it makes me feel at times overwhelmed. Yeah, not to use the filters to minimize the work that the other groups do, but the filters filter out the players. Yes. Right? It just filters out the players, and here's the cream of the crop, and it's it's a, still a massive number. And the draft, you know, you're going to take, you, you know, you're going to hit and you're going to miss, but baseball's hundreds and, and, you know, thousands of kids Thousands of kids that might be able to do it, and and these big names that that do make it in in round forty. Obviously, things have changed, but it, just so much work to be done, so much work to be done. And he's right at the end of it. He's right. Yep. He's right at the end of it. Hey, you, uh, you're a good listener, man. I was watching you just taking that whole interview. I know you heard some things that piqued your interest. I know fans, and I'm not even looking at that text toy because I can't do that while trying to run the show on the Rumble Road. Uh, I know that there were some that heard business, that it was a business decision when it came to that trade of Gott and Flexen. I want to dig into that, dig into these arms, dig into a little debate that I think you and I see differently when it comes to this trade deadline over the next 30 days or so. We will do all of that right around the corner. The Brock and Salk Show with Stretch filling in on the exclusive home for All-Star Week. It is Seattle Sports in the Seattle Sports app.